Welcome back to the Business Hogs Podcast, a podcast where we talk about business, self-improvement, and economic issues. Today, we're with Pravar and Arnav Jain, who are the founders of Money Made Easy Podcast. They started a couple months back, I'm pretty sure, and they've released some amazing content. Like, I've watched some of their episodes. They've got... They, they really know their stuff on business. So, you know, huge congrats to you guys. You guys are really killing it out there on the podcast forum. And anyway, today's episode, it's the second episode of our eight-episode March, the most number of episodes we released in a single month. And to and the second topic, as we posted already on our Instagram, is passive income to financial freedom. And these guys know a lot and they're they're coming in, they're they're bringing a lot to the conversation. So I hope everyone enjoys. We, we've really put in a lot of work for this episode. So I hope everyone loves it. Yeah, for sure. I think passive income is not taught enough. Like when we talk about passive income, we're talking about money that's made while you're asleep. And this is something that if more people knew about, then they wouldn't have to work so hard every day of their lives to, you know, get like their active income, which gets taxed a lot, blah, blah, blah. And we just think if people know about passive income, that'll be better for them. Exactly. And and not only that, it takes little to no daily effort to maintain. Obviously, like when you're starting it up, it takes a little bit of, of time and effort. But um, after you've got that set up, usually just the money sort of rolls in. Uh, that's why it's called passive income, because it just passively comes. And like Pravar said, it just while you sleep, right, that money just this comes in and you don't have to actively work towards it. Yeah. And I think that it's really important, especially to learn as young adults and teens, because uh, a lot of teens who want to get rich and are like really ambitious to grow their wealth. It's really hard to do that when you're working just a standard job and you really all the time need a source of passive income. If you want to uh, maintain your wealth and um, have enough money to buy whatever you want and save things and invest. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. Especially because like early on, you can, if you have a source of passive income, along with like, um, you know, when you start off at an entry level job, you, you're not only getting that, you know, your salary, you're, you're not living paycheck to paycheck, you sort of get this side hustle, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, you don't have to work too hard to keep that money coming in. So it's just, just a really good concept that a lot of people need to implement in their financial lives. Yeah, and a good part about passive income, too, is that it's very easy to get multiple streams of passive income. Whereas for active income, you can only really get one or maybe two if you like work really hard. But I think with passive income, that's where you can start getting lots of cash flow and you can get it from several different sources without even having to do much work on a daily basis. So what would you guys say are like very popular sources of passive income that people our age could use? And then like the demographic of our podcast is really just like young adults. So. For young adults, what kind of passive income stream should they be looking for? To use? So for, for for us, like for our age of people, you know, whether you're like in college or in high school, I think the best way to get passive income is through affiliate marketing. And this this is really like a simple way to do um, to get passive income. And all you have to do is you can search online for affiliate marketing products. And all you do is you find a product that you like, you, you know, search up the affiliate code for it. And, you know, on Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is, if you have some kind of following, um, you just post on your story and say that, oh, buy this product using my code and you get like a 15% discount and whatever, you know, commission, what whoever buys that, you get a commission from them buying that product. So it's really, really less work. You know, all you have to do is promote that product and you get a commission for for that money. And and for us, especially in like such a like a tech world um, for, for young adults where social media is, is such a huge factor in our lives. It's, it's a really, really easy way to make some good cash. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the biggest misconception behind affiliate marketing, like people think you have to have such a large following and mm-hmm. to do something like this, but you really don't. Like if you have a thousand Instagram followers, that's like enough because you know, you don't really need a lot of people following you or subscribe to your channel. Like if, because you can make passive income, even with like a thousand subscribers, 500 subscribers. Exactly. Like it just, it, all it matters is to first start off, right? No matter how many people you have, you just got to start affiliate marketing. And the great part about it is that it's super easy to do. Like just what Arnav explained, right? It's just takes a little bit of time to set up. And then once you're able to set up that affiliate marketing, then that's where you can start focusing on getting a bigger audience. And then you could use social media, which is just going to keep on growing and growing for just years to come. That's when you can use that to your advantage to really get those sales up and going. 
What about buying a vending machine? Because I actually haven't heard of this one, and I thought this one was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like yeah, so, this one too. Hmm? All right, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So I was just saying, um, this is like, a, I guess, a, a riskier uh, concept for, for kids our age, but it all depends on how much money you're willing to put in to your passive income stream, right? So for, for a vending machine business, um, how this would work is you would buy like, a, a not an, I guess not a beat up, but a used vending machine from Facebook Marketplace, eBay, Craigslist. You probably don't want to buy one new because that's going to be, you know, a lot of money out of pocket. And I don't know if that's something like kids our age would want to do. But um, once you get that, you know, a vending machine for a cheaper price, you buy snacks wholesale, right? So you buy it in bulk. So you, like from Costco or something, right? Where it's, you you can get like a bunch of bag, of, you know, a bunch of chips for, uh, a lot less money and then sell it for like a dollar, even though you're getting like, you might be paying like 30 cents per unit. So you're making a, a lot of profit off of that, but there is the expense for renting out a place to put the vending machine. So you just, um, when you do something like that, you have to factor in all the expenses, but it is a really cool way to make uh, good money. But again, uh, all of it goes to like forecasting and research when you do that kind of business. Yeah, but how are you going to convince the store owner to put it in a store? Like, do you think they're just going to agree to that? Yeah, so for, for that, you have to rent out a space. So, you know, if it's in a more prominent location, like uh, like near a mall or like a shop, right? Obviously, the rent's going to be higher for that place. But if it's in like a more local place, like a lo- local pizza store, then your your price is going to be lower. So it all depends like the, the traffic that you're going to get based on the location and how much money you're you know willing to put in. Uh, like per month, per week, whatever the rent is. So, I mean, you just have to, I, I guess you would negotiate with like the store owner or the location owner, wh- however you would buy that space. But um, it, it's a really interesting concept and I've seen it, you know, a lot of people are doing it nowadays. And, you know, if, if you want to get some good passive income, this is a really good way to do so. I think another way that kids our age can make passive income is also if they just sell things on like Poshmark or like Facebook Marketplace or something like that. Especially if you're like, uh, like if you're moving or if you're just having like a garage sale, you're just cleaning out your house or something like that. You could just sell it on Poshmark and you could really kind of like, you could make the prices higher because chances are you got it for a pretty low price anyways. And that's a great way to reach a lot of sellers too, because there's a lot of people active on Poshmark. Yeah, for sure. Like you can reach eBay, you can reach Facebook Marketplace. There's so many places where you could sell your things. And like maybe instead of selling your things sometimes, you can also have people rent them out. So for example, let's just say you have, uh, you have like a lawnmower sitting around, right? You're not going to be using it 24-7. So if you have that lawnmower, you can obviously do your own lawn mowing, but then you can ask other, like you can lend it to other people and they can rent it out for when they want to use it. And renting out can be a really effective tool for passive income because you can get multiple, multiple people to do it. And like you can charge them like a certain amount of price and they'll pay it for you. And just for you owning that item, you get money coming in. So in fact, you can end up paying back the, per, the the amount that you paid for the lawnmower and get additional revenue so you can like flip some things that you buy for basically free yeah flipping and reselling is also really popular so i see a lot of kids doing that these days mm-hmm. and, although i don't know how much that would be considered passive income though because you are putting a decent amount of yeah, yeah. Flipping mm-hmm. stuff. you have to put in effort right to advertise your product i'm guessing yeah, yeah that's true i, agree. I mean yeah i, I the, for for passive income i think the a main thing that that goes without saying is like um, passive income is different to a lot of different people. Passive income might mean, you know, something else to, to me than you. It just depends on how much time you're willing to put in and what you consider, you know, making money while you sleep. Right. So active income is like a nine to five job. And obviously passive income shouldn't be working like that amount of hours, like every single day. So it's just something that how much uh, time you decide to dedicate but you know it just depends on you know what how much time you're investing into your own side hustle and um i think that like even older listeners uh they can also be uh, be able to make passive income as well and you know we see a lot of people investing in stocks nowadays too everyone's kind of getting back into stocks especially after the coronavirus so um why don't you guys talk a little bit about that yeah for sure so with stocks there's obviously you can buy a stock and then hold on to it and then let the appreciation happen. So you can buy into like blue chip stocks like Apple and Netflix and Tesla. And like uh, more often than not, they're probably just going to be going up. And then there's obviously other scenarios where you can buy dividend paying stocks. So when you buy these stocks, this is a great way to make passive income because just for you owning the stock, you get a cash payment at the end of the year or at the or a quarter of a year. 
And that's no matter you get that cash payment no matter what the stock price is. So whether the stock price goes up or down, you get that cash payment coming in. So if you buy like a bunch of shares that give dividends, then you get a bunch of different cash payments in the form of dividends. So stock market is like a great place if you want to get passive income. And this is for everyone too. Like once you become 18, then anyone can do it, whether you're old, you're young. So this is something that everyone should take advantage of. Yeah, because in dividend growth investing, you don't even have to sell these stocks because these, you know, these big name companies like Apple, Disney, Walmart that are your blue chip stocks, they're making so much money that they they don't you don't have to sell them at all. They you'll just get paid like by investing in the stock. But there the downside to this is that like they're really expensive. Like I'm pretty sure Apple stock right now goes for like over a hundred dollars, I think. Like yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah, they're pre- they're pretty expensive. That's why I guess stock investing is something that you have to start once you have some earned income saved up, and then you can start doing doing this kind of stuff. Because then again, you're you're putting your money into the stock market. If you if you don't have that much mon- money to like spend with, I don't know if investing is the right thing to start off with. But um, you know, there are other ways like we like we mentioned just um, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago, like um, you know, with affiliate marketing or any other kind of side hustle that that's a good way to sort of save up and then you can start investing once you have enough money to you know play around within the stock market yeah so for younger adults it's probably going to be difficult to do that but like i think once you get to a point where you're making enough money and you have the money to you know invest with then i think that's where investing in those dividend paying stocks come becomes really beneficial i think also um house hacking is really interesting i heard about this one a while ago and this is also for if you have like a pretty this is like if you have like a lot of money saved up and you want to look to invest in real estate what you can do is you can buy like a soup uh you can buy like a suplex or a duplex so you have like basically just two units next to each other and you can live in one and then rent out the other so you can make money off of renting out the other property but then you also don't have to pay taxes on your house or at least not as much because you're renting out your place and i think that's the same principle that applies to uh like living in a motel unit so that's also another way for young adults to make money too. But that one's a little bit more risky because you need to your you need to do your research on that. But that's a pretty good long term thing. Yeah, yeah, like if you invest in a bad real estate complex, you could end up losing like a lot of money. You could actually go bankrupt in the process. Yeah, and I think yeah. here especially location is key if you're invest. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, oh, you can go. You can go. My bad. My bad. No, um, this is, yeah, this is kind of personal to me because actually my parents own a beach house and this is kind of like their investment. So it actually builds up their personal equity and it builds up um, investments because obviously like people are renting out the house. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like when you buy real estate property, right, there's a higher chance that it'll appreciate rather than depreciate, especially with like location. That matters the most because if you buy like if you buy a house in a place where there's like not going to be that much investment being put in it's not going to be growing then you know that's like you want to stay away from those places but in places where you know that there's going to be lots of growth and you can look to texas texas it's about to become really big you see a lot of companies starting to move in there if you buy a real estate property there then there's a high chance that that appreciates plus you can rent it out and then get a lot of money especially because texas i don't think there's income tax exactly yeah yeah their tax rates but um I, I want to go back to what Devin was saying about house hacking. And you, you said like, you know, young adults, you know, e- even if in your college, you can't do it. But uh, what I've heard is that people in college who, you know, uh, don't live in dorms anymore are like renting out apartments do house hacking and like whatever their roommate is. So they rent out two units and then, uh, yeah. And then they live in one and then they get rent from their other roommates. So if you're in college and, you know, let's say, you're, you're able to afford a down payment, then that's also a really good idea if you want to make some good passive income. Because I know um, there's this other podcast I listened to, the Millennials Inve- uh, Millennial Investing Podcast by, by Robert Leonard. And he talked about how when he was in college, he used to do that. And he got a lot of money saved up and was really you know ready to go right out of the gate from college. So that's a, that's a good way to get some money saved up, especially if you're paying off student loans. Yeah, it's great because you're basically having someone else live with you and they pay your expenses to live. So you're basically living in your house for free. So that's just a cool concept. But I think if you have the opportunity to do so in college, especially, I think that's when people should take advantage. Yeah, for sure. And um, I've also heard a lot of people today who are starting to kind of dabble into um, Amazon FBA and like things like that and just buying and selling products online and then making a ton of money for it by just charging a little bit more. Yeah. 
I mean, um, you know, sell, selling on Amazon is a, is a great way to make money, um, whether it's your own, uh, you know, publications or, you know, if you're reselling stuff, those are, uh, again, good ways to, to do that. But um, obviously, like, it depends what um, site you're selling on. You can sell on, like, like you said, you can use Amazon, you can use um, like Etsy or whatever, but there are different ways you can sell. It just depends on, you have to look at like um, the commission that the site takes away from you. Cause I know um, these sites just don't let you sell for free. They always yeah. take commission. So you want to check those rates and, and other kind of factors that, you know, make you decide, you know, which site you want to choose. Yeah. I also kind of want to add that like <clears throat> today, there's so many plaf- online platforms where they just give you the keys to, you know, passively uh, make, make a lot of income. And we see Etsy where you can like sell stuff. We see, there's like some apps, different apps where you can like communicate with people and you can rent out things. There's a stock market with the click of a button, you can buy a stock. And I just think that people need to take more advantage of the internet and social media to actually, you know, be able to get different streams of passive income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, especially like, let's say that you start generating streams of passive income and you're doing really well. I would honestly suggest just putting it in a Roth IRA and just letting that money get, uh, grow over time and you get compound interest from it. That, I think that's a great way to save your money, especially like even if you work a job too, which is, you know, active income. But even if you work a job, you should still just pour your money into there mostly. Yeah, I, I really love the Roth IRA because so I, I'm, a, I'm a big fanatic about this. I've been doing a lot of like, you know, a lot of social media posts about it and just research. Yeah. So with the Roth IRA, it's really cool. Like just for the audience out there, mm-hmm. basically you – you put your money in the Roth IRA uh, tax. And then when you take it out after when you're 59 and like when you're 59 and a half years old, you take it out, but it's with no tax at all. Yeah. It's compound interest and it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's really nice. Especially like if you're making passive income and you work a job too. So let's say you get like $20,000 by the time you're like 18, 19, and you should let that money go until you're 59 and you're getting compound interest on it too. You're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. And um, another another good retirement fund to use is uh, is if your company like obviously this is later on when you get like a job and stuff. If your company does like a 401k match, that's a really good thing to take advantage of because then you're you know doubling your retirement fund basically because they're giving you more money to, to invest in your own retirement fund. So that's a, that's a really good thing to take advantage of, too. Yeah, that's literally free money. They like if you put part of your salary into your 401k they match that exact amount and give you that money and put it into your retirement savings so it's just free money that they're giving out so that's why everyone should definitely take advantage of that employee match yeah for sure and i think that this topic is really important to uh young audiences especially i mean because i feel like if you can get into this from a younger age like when you're like 14 15 16 just looking for a job and learning about things kind of getting like a scope of the world i think that if you can start early this early is always better pretty much in these cases Exactly. And I think when we're talking about starting early, I think one of the best things to do if you want to become like, this is one of the best things. If you start early, it'll pay off more in the future is investing in index funds early on. So like index funds is basically a market index of like the biggest like of different industries. So with the stock market, we see like the stock market grows like every 10 to 12% each year. So if people invest $200 a month when like you're 18 and they put it into index funds and put it into their Roth IRA, by the time they become 60 years old, you become a millionaire because of all that compound interest and all that appreciation from the stock market. So I think, yeah, I think the earlier you start, the better because compound interest, obviously. But if you start, even if you're an adult, you should start right now because 30 years is a lot better than zero years. Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing is that the worst thing that you could do is leave your money in like a, a savings account or because like it, it, it grows very little every year yeah. and eventually inflation is just going to catch up to your money. And then it's going to be, it's going to be pretty much worthless. And, you know, it, it's just not a, a great thing to do. It's better to put like it into some kind of safe investment rather than something well, that. Yeah. Doesn't it really depend on the person though? Because like the people who just save their money and rather than, you know, invest, they're really like risk averse, right? Yeah. I, I mean, the, to some people, I guess that would make sense. But the thing about index fund is like, if you look at the past 40 years, it's been growing 10% per year. So it's like a very, very safe, um, safe yeah. investment. But again, it, it depends person to person. You have to do your own research. You have to decide what's best for you. Obviously, we're not financial advisors, but it's it's just what, what you think is best for you. But um, savings account is probably 
probably not the best thing to do just because uh, the returns are just not so great every year and inflation is always going higher than than the savings account rate of return. Yeah, yeah like if someone were to, you know, like start saving money in like 1985 and then they retire then and then, you know, it's like now uh, inflation would have really soared or like really lessened their savings, right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's the big thing. That's why if you save money, it ends up becoming dead money because you lose money when you're saving it, which is kind of the opposite of what people think. Everyone thinks like, oh, there's going to be interest rate, you know, that'll help me boost up the money. But that's just not what happens because inflation just ends up taking a toll. And like, obviously, this isn't necessarily passive income, but this is a way that you can save money. And then when you have an opportunity to save money, that's like just beneficial for everyone. Yeah. I mean, when you put your money to a savings account, most of the time, it just barely outgrows by uh, the rate of inflation. So it's not very effective. And I believe Warren Buffett also, I think he did a study or like he challenged the head fund index to out invest like the S&P 500. And what, that, what ended up happening is that the S&P 500 ended up out investing the, the hedge fund index that he put into. So, you know, it's a great option for anyone that's looking to invest. Yeah, I think they had like a $10 million bet. It was like something crazy. And yeah. like every hedge fund manager was like against him. He's like, that's, there's no way that's going to work. But then. Yeah, and he won. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I guess like going off of that, like uh, when, when we're talking about um, like saving, uh, you know, what what we mean by when when we think of saving and, and finance and stuff, we're thinking about cutting your expenses instead of and living like in, within your means instead of and and just making sure like your passive income can cover your expenses that you want to yeah. want to cover because that's that's the main goal of financial freedom that the the money that that you're making from your from your job and the money that's coming in sort of covers your expenses so that you have money to use um sort of live how you want to so so for now i would say instead of like saving per se and just sort of having that money just sit somewhere it's better to um to make sure you cut your expenses and and grow your, your grow your assets so that you have future economic uh, benefit. Yeah, and I think uh, Robert Kiyosaki he's he's really good at explaining this type of stuff where he says um, like I think there's an example that he gave of like his wife who bought a Mercedes and she only used her assets and like passive income. So I think that is great that like people are actually able to do that and make full use of this so that way they can live a little bit richer. Exactly and. I think one thing before we go on to a different topic, like with investing, there's always going to be risk, right? It's not just that, oh, yeah. if you if you invest in these into fund, blah, 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 like you're guaranteed to get these returns. But the goal is you want to minimize your risk and then have like the best opportunity for rewards. And that's what the proper investments can give you, especially with index funds, because historically the stock market has grown 10 plus percent each year. And then there's good real estate if you're like well advised into that. You can also invest into that. And I just think, People shouldn't be scared. They should, like, they should never think that saving money is like the best thing to do for them. It should always be try to find more more ways to invest your money rather than save it. And and the reason that people are sort of fear this this financial financial growth, I guess, is because they're not educated about how to do it, and they just think, oh yeah, you know, the stock market's so volatile, so risky. There's no way I'm going to make money off of it. It's just like gambling. Well, in some cases it is gambling, but you have to learn to, like Pravar, you said, you have to learn to manage your risk. Yeah. You have to make sure that what you're doing is safe enough for you. And, you know, you have to educate yourself on, on how you can make this work for you. Yeah, it's all it's all about calculated risk. So if you know, uh, it's risk ver- uh, versus rewards, really. So you can kind of take that into account yourself once you uh, educate yourself on the kind of situation that you're in and the kind of money that you're looking to make over time. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Eric, any thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah. So do you think that, you know, people can make passive income, like some people can make passive income more easily than others, like, you know, like celebrities might be able to do that? Yeah, Um. I, I was talking to Pravar about this earlier. Like, if you see like, like, big, like named TikTokers or like any, any kind of like celebrities, they have huge followings, right? Any kind of like social media a big shot or whatever if they have like a even like a million followers that's crazy because you put one link on there like i said about affiliate marketing a lot of celebrities use that especially like the younger ones like tiktokers or whatever so they promote this product and a bunch of people are going to buy it because they they idolize this person so they're going to say oh if they're using it i'm going to use it so not only do does that um does a company pay for that uh, celebrity to promote their product but they also say 
you know what, for this discount code, for every person who uses that discount code, you get more money. So it, it, it's a way that a lot of celebrities um, make a lot of money on, on the side besides their content. Um, they also get it through affiliate marketing. And obviously you can do smaller scale, scale affiliate marketing, but a, a lot of celebrities, I, I think that's the main one that especially the younger ones use. But um, I, from, from what I've seen, that's, that's the, the big one. Yeah, I think it's really about the name because, you know, I, I remember reading this thing, you know, like a couple of weeks ago. It was like in this article or something. It's about like how Leonardo DiCaprio, he sold his first house for like such like I think over 40 million dollars, uh, you know, like 10 years ago or something like that. And, you know, he was able, he was only able to do this because of his name and, you know, I guess his uh, his reputation or something. Yeah, like your name and your brand. That's what like holds on to people, because if they see like, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio's house. Oh, my God, that's like the best investment ever. I should definitely, you know, buy that. So. If it just has that brand to it, then, you know, you end up becoming better in terms of making that income. And I think even if you're a celebrity or like even if you're not a celebrity or someone who has a large following base, I think there's still ways that you can be effective in affiliate marketing. Because the, the, the two important things is to first know your audience and then the second is to target your audience. You don't want to just like follow people blindly and just be like, hey, I want you guys to buy this product. You have to follow people who are like interested in, this, in the same kind of perspective as you are. So that way you can explain to them your like uh, experience and then tell them, hey, buy this product. This helped me with my experience in this in this specific field. That's what I think will help you. And that's how you can grow affiliate marketing on a small scale. I think that content creators also like, especially if you're a YouTuber who has like, let's say like a million or two million subscribers, they can make a lot of money. Because I've seen YouTubers who have like a pretty large following, let's say like a million, two million subscribers, and they will like go and break down their finances and let's say they make like 200,000 a year from YouTube and then they make another 100,000 from sponsorships and then another 100,000 from like selling like Skillshare courses or something like that. And then another 100,000 from like affiliate marketing and then it just all adds up and they get a ton of money. Exactly. And then once you make that video, you just let that video do its work for you. Everyone will keep on, everyone keep on viewing it and et cetera. And then you get all those sponsorships and viewership. That's why this form of passive income is so beautiful because you just put the product out there and then it does the work for you to generate you that income. And especially like if you yeah, it doesn't also like depend on the type of YouTube video though. Like have you ever heard the like seen those uh study with me videos? Wait, so, like have you ever heard of those? What kind of videos, sorry? Like those study with me videos, like you know, where uh, someone's just filming themselves studying and then you know, like everyone like studies with them while they're studying and they just watch the video and then they just keep on binge watching those videos and that creates so much passive income for the YouTuber. Yeah, mm -hmm. great. And it's yeah. even less work too. That's just the beauty yeah. of YouTube and social media. People will find a way to watch anything. Especially like if you enjoy the video too and you keep on watching it like over time and you come back to it, then um you know, I think that's like it's like hacking almost. Like in terms of like it's just yeah. a sketchy code. <laughs> it's free money. Yeah. yeah, no, and um, and if you guys, I don't know if you guys have, uh, you guys have probably heard of this guy, Gary V, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the, the main things that he says is just pick up your phone and start creating content, right? If if you want to do it, just start making content. Don't care about the likes, the the shares or whatever. Just just start making content, and and the followers, the subscribers, they'll come with it. So I think if if anyone look, going back to like passive income, if anyone's trying to like start up with stuff. Don't be afraid to sort of, you know, get in front of like a, a camera or YouTube or whatever, even if it's like TikTok or something, or right? Podcast. Don't be afraid to start making exactly. content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just don't be afraid to start making content because it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, I really feel that people who just focus on the follower growth and, you know, more of the analytics side of things, they don't really see as much success as the people who actually have a passion for it because, you know, they're they're not going to have like as good a performance as they would if they had, you know, such a like a, a feeling passion. Yeah, I know that's so important because the passion is what drives uh, your work ethic and like your ability to produce more and more. Because if you're only focused on like your following base and like the analytics, once you realize that you've hit a slope and you're not getting a lot of people, a lot of that's when people end up quitting. That's when they realize, oh, I don't think it's ever going to work. I can't continue this because it's not going to make me any money. But the people who have a genuine passion for it, they'll continue despite what they're getting, what they're kind of, you know, how many people are following them and et cetera. So if they have, if you have a passion for it, you're willing to just keep on putting out no matter what happens, then like Erno said, like everything just comes in because that's the backbone of any content creation. Yeah. And I think that if you're passionate about it too, then you're going to be putting out better uh, content anyway. So it's kind of a win-win. 
Yeah, especially with this podcast. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really, it's a lot of work, but it doesn't really feel like work. It's more, you know, it's like a hobby. Exactly. It's like, so it's so much fun to do. Like, I, I wish everyone did podcasts because you can just talk about whatever you want and you can do it however you want to. And you can get money off of it. You can like just enjoy doing it. It's just really fun. Yeah, it's been a great experience, man. Yeah, I know. Podcasts, it's like, it's so fun because you can also create it however you want. So you can experiment with different things. That's, I think that's the beauty of it. You can find what you like and just go on with it. Yeah. Yeah. You get to like meet people, you know, like we're meeting you right now. This has like been really great. Yeah. And then who yeah. knows like, when we meet us and like we can connect and then we can meet even bigger people. And then, you know, that that's like yeah. the beauty of like once again, social media, you know, being able yeah. to use this platform to just do a bunch of different things. And then there's a ton, especially if you're going to get into podcasting, there's a ton, like, there's really no boundary as to what you can and can't do in a podcast, because there's so many different types of podcasts out there, like, obviously, we both have business uh, theme podcasts, and then people can do, like, book club podcasts, people can talk about whatever, like, daily lives, they can do, like, mystery story podcasts, there's so many things that people can do. For sure, and people are interested in these things, like, some people might think, hey, their lives aren't interesting, but it's not, like, everyone has a different, you know, approach to uh, every single thing. So yeah. one person, whether it's like one or two people who are interested, that's still a win. And it's you're passionate about it. If you want to tell other people the story, then I think you should just go ahead with it. People shouldn't be scared. Yeah. There's so many different types of people yeah. in this world too, that somebody's going to view your content. I mean, it'll be a lot of people at first, but somebody's going to view it. Yeah. Like we thought that on our podcast, we thought we would just be targeting like younger people, but it turns out like only like 20% of the people that are our age are listening to us <laughs> and everyone else is like older. So, you know, I, I guess it's been really a surprise. Yeah. So like funny story recently, uh, what's it called? So when we did our GameStop and Robin Hood video, we got uh, an email from an adult, right? So he's one of my dad's friends and he sent us a long email. He was like, Hey, this is a great podcast, blah, blah, blah. But then he was like, there was two parts where you guys were completely inaccurate from. And we were like, wait, how are, how are we, how did we mess this up? I thought we like did all the research and everything. And then he explained like the in-depth explanations that we gave weren't exactly precise. And it just kind of shows that people are willing to help kind of guide you to make sure that you know everything. So that way you can present it to other people in a better way too. So I just think that the community also, you can grow with your podcast. It's just a great feeling. Yeah, and um, you know, you know, uh, we were talking about like podcasting and how you can sort of use that as a passive income stream, all this content creation, and maybe if you're not, you know, up to, um, you know, audio, like if you're not, if you don't want to put your face, um, on the internet and this kind of stuff, um, another great way to to get passive income is through a blog, which is um, which is an, another really good way to express your passion, just write, and then you can do the same thing in promoting it, you know, create an Instagram. And get a following, and it's a, it's another great way to create passive income too. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's great, and I think that more people should definitely get into it. And it doesn't even matter uh, your age. I think that um, you know anyone can do it, especially like I feel like almost like especially if you're older too and you've lived a pretty interesting life, you can just tell your stories, and then people will listen to it. Yeah, like you're more limited when you're young, but you know, there's if you go on YouTube and search up passive income by teenagers, like there's so many success stories out there, and you know, like there's so many unique methods they've used to grow their passive income, and I, I feel like that's really cool. Yeah, I just think mm-hmm. people just gotta take the first step. You know, once you try, then you're just off and running. Because we also had the same thing. We're like, oh, should we do this? Should we not do it? I don't know. But once we, once you just do it, you you feel you just feel a passion that you want to just continue going with all these different things. And I think that's just how it's going to work. Like content creation, it's about the amount, honestly, amount and quality, but it doesn't matter about the people who are, the number of people who are necessarily watching you guys. It's just about how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think we ran out of information. I'm good. Um, we wrap up do you guys have anything to add yeah yeah well um um, well i just want to say like um like uh, another big thing that when you you need to learn when you go about passive income is you know you you have to learn about taxes right you have to learn uh you know to because they're your biggest expense at the end of the day and when you're going about minimizing your expenses you have to learn how to um 
you know, obviously legally sort of avoid this, minimize your tax. And you can do, you can do this through various different ways, whether it's through creating like an S corp business or, you know, just uh, using uh, different, like, like creating, uh, having a Roth IRA and saving up your money for later where it's, you know, tax free. So you have to learn to, to minimize your expenses. The, I think that's the, 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 the main thing. And also learning fundamentals about finance and knowing how you can maximize your economic, your financial growth. Yeah, I think the only way you can really minimize your expenses is if you're an entrepreneur, because most entrepreneurs, like I've heard that they don't really even, that most of their income is not even typical income. Like Jeff Bezos' salary is is not really even that big. I think it's like a six-figure salary because he makes most of his money from like other sources. And that's what makes him, you know, not have to pay that much in taxes. Yeah, and I think with his kind of business, right, he files as a corporation and then, once you're able to do that, once the profits that you get, you're able to reinvest that into your company. And when you invest that into, you know, technologies and things that like promote growth, then what happens is you actually get reduced taxes because the government likes that kind of thing. They're like, hey, if you give us more technology and these kind of things, we'll reduce your taxes. That's why Jeff Bezos, he only paid zero dollars in corporate tax. So while his figure, like his salary is only a little bit, the company that he owns, the equity that he has, that's what's really giving him that growth. And a lot of that income. Yeah, and um, when, once you get like once you once you're able to minimize your expenses and able to grow your own passive income, uh, I guess like like I like I said before, the the main goal is that you're you have your your nine to five job and um, you have your your passive income, and the the goal is that your passive income you know, covers all your expenses. So, so that case, you're able to use your earned income from like your job to live how you want. And, and that's what we call financial freedom. Cause then you can, you know, live your own lifestyle and you don't have to worry about, you know, debts or taxes because you already have that covered through your passive income. So it's just a, it's just a really important concept that people have to learn and, you know, sort of start early on too, so they can build it up over time. I think, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, I'm going to bring him up again. Um, he also mentioned like how to measure how you're doing with passive income. So he said, I think um, if your passive income and like your side hustles per se can cover your monthly expenses, then you know that you're growing really, like really nicely because you don't have to use any of your earned income uh, to cover how you live, like just like utilities and things like that. Then I think that like you'd be doing fine. Exactly. Because- yeah. So like the main takeaway is that it really gives you a sense of insurance, so to say. Yeah, for sure. It just basically lets you know that, hey, you're going to be set off for the rest of your life with all these passive income streams. And I kind of want to just mention one more thing, especially on the topic of like reducing your expenses. There's a lot been a lot of discussion about whether you should go to college and, you know, pay that student loan, take that on with a lot of interest as well. Or do you not go to college and do you go a different route where you start off with basically zero dollars in debt and kind of grow your own like grow yourself, you know, with different passive income, with different side hustles. I think that's also like a topic where, you know, it could go both ways and yeah, lots of Yeah. I think the college education is important though, because it gives you like um, safety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, cause like a degree is pretty valuable, especially when you're, if you need a job or something like that, that's obviously there's, there's debt that's going to be incurred, but it's, it's still pretty valuable in my, in my opinion, but you want to, you don't want to, you know, dig yourself like an insanely big hole and, have to pay off like $160,000 in debt, um, in student loan debt uh, over the next 60 years of your life. Like you don't want to have to suffer that much. Uh, it, that's what, at least that's what I think. You, you know, you have to, again, you have to, it's all about managing risk, right? You have to weigh your pros and cons, you know, see the benefits that you, that can come out of like you getting this degree. It depends where it's from and what education you're getting. Um, but yeah, obviously like, you know, it, it's your decision and how you want to go about it. But there are a lot of different factors that play into it. Yeah, Monty, did you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that college, depending on how you look at it, especially going through the process right now, um, you have to look at college as kind of an investment. So what I think has been most helpful, I think, for me personally, is looking at what kind of schools give a good return on investment. I think, Arnav, you were kind of saying that um, it's just a balance. So how much are you willing to put in? And you have to also look at how much you're getting out. Yeah. Speaking of return on investment, I think Gary V. I'll bring him up again. He did a, he brought up a study where he said that only 15 schools, uh, 15 colleges in the United States actually have a positive ROI, meaning like you end up making more money than you would have like if you did something else, which is a really crazy fact because 
I, I, I never thought about it. Like I never knew that, you know, going to college, taking out that first debt would be bad. But I think, I don't think it's the fact that going to college is bad. I just think that you need to learn more after you go to college because a lot yeah. of people don't know, you know, cover, limit the expenses first, uh, get more assets, get passive income. They don't really, they're not really taught that in college. So they need to learn that while they go to college. So that way they can, you know, get that positive ROI. I think, yeah, because in, right. yeah, what um, you I say? think that a great model for like, let's say like you're kind of considering whether you want to go to college or not. Um, I think a great model for that would be Graham Stephan, just because he's able, because I know he didn't go to college and then he, but he was financially smart from when he was in high school, even though he didn't, he didn't want to go to college. So he was able to get into real estate really young and he was able to, he put in a lot of work into real estate and now he makes a lot of money off of his real estate properties and he's financially smart too. So he's making a lot of passive income as well. So that's just another route that you can go. And he has zero college debt too. And he's, I think his net worth is like 7 million. So that's just another way you can go. Yeah. I think in college people say you learn to be an employee rather than, you know, learning to be an entrepreneur, learning about money. So does yeah, that- I think that's yeah. Um, I think that's kind of right, just because college is such a conventional idea that we think sometimes it's an investment when it's not, like, especially going to like these um, top ranked schools, they do, these like top ranked schools, they don't always have a good return on investment. But I think it's just because of like the conventional idea that we have to go to college, that a lot of people are kind of blinded by the fact that they're not always, you know, making money. Yeah, for sure. With college, especially the top tier colleges, you know. They're just basically breeding the students to become the best employee possible. Not necessarily the best innovative mind, best, like, you know, intelligent person, best employee possible. So we see, like, they, we see the people in top colleges, they just feed into companies like into like Wall Street and like the top IT jobs. But they're not necessarily taught like financial intelligence to the point where you can become independent, you can become an entrepreneur and do passive income. So if you are going to, you know, not go to college and you decide that the ROI isn't worth it, you should only do that if you're financially literate. You can't just be like, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur with a sound of my finger and I'll just figure it out on my own. You have to be financially literate and understand how taxes work, how passive income work, how asset liabilities work, everything. And then you'll be able to, you know, be able to succeed on that path if you were to take it. Yeah, for sure. I think, and I, and I, think, I was going to say, like, I think that, that's exactly what Graham did, too, because he was mm-hmm. financially literate from a young age, so he was able to take that route. Yeah, and, and I think especially at this age, the biggest thing is just to, like, invest in your mind and read and sort of just get as much information as you can now, especially if you're in high school. And then you, you, no matter what age you are, you want to start off by, you know, investing in your mind and sort of just getting as much information as you can so you're set up for the future. So um, I think that's a, a big thing that people overlook. That's a, it's a really big step that, that, that's vital for if you want to be financially free. Yeah, and obviously it might seem boring on the onset, right? Like, hey, you have to do a lot of reading. You have to do a lot of, you know, research and stuff like that. But I guess from like personal experience, like I'd never wanted to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But I just grabbed the book. I'm like, hey, let's read the first chapter. And then I was just blown away by how much I didn't know because high school didn't teach it. And, you know, like my parents never taught it to me. So it, it is like just take the step, just try to make sure you understand how the real world works. So that way, even if you're, even if you choose the path of entrepreneurship or like not going to college or you go to college, you still need to learn all this financial knowledge because the world is going to be revolved around the decisions that you make, especially in the future. So it's very important that you invest now because we're high school students and some of us are young adults. So we should take advantage of this time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like these financial books are such a, um, you know, like they look at the world in a different perspective. Oh, yeah. What do you, what do you want to say? I was going to say, like, I think that, that, um, that that's a really great point. And that um, especially like you can stay a step ahead if you just know what you're doing with your money. Yeah, for sure. And I just think people, I think people need to know that the going to college isn't necessarily, you know, to become an employee. It should be to learn skills that can help you become successful in the future. So that's like obviously college in specific, but you know, you don't want to necessarily become like an employee and go in the rat race where you're only working active income. You want to also be able to branch out and do other forms, especially passive income. That's why I think it's really important that like people talk about it. Yeah, Eric, what do you want to say from before? 
Yeah, I feel like um, when you like when you're making passive income, it's you're really escaping the rat race. Like, um, who, I don't even know who Pravar. Yeah, that was Arnav. Arnav. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I feel like that you know that nine to five mentality, and when you're making passive income, you can really escape the rat race, just like what Arnav was saying. And you know, you can really you can really go far and. You know, just retire early and maybe do something that you enjoy rather than just working so you can support your family and support yourself and be financially stable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's a really important thing that not enough people know about. And I think especially with our podcast, and I'm sure you guys are doing this, too. Like, we're just trying to help out as many people as we can as, as well as learn on our own, yeah, too. Sure. Yeah, I think like our podcast, both of ours, they like allow people to especially young adults to know about financial information like get it from like us because we're also young students too and we know how to explain it in a way that it would be understandable to everyone else especially the audience because we know what are confusing we know what's like people don't really know so i think bringing up those points especially with like a podcast like this will you know help them out and obviously the goal is to go become financially independent and i think once people know the steps to do that then people can just take that knowledge and just run with it. Yeah. So I really think, you know, stories like the GameStop stock story, you know, re you really have to simplify it so everyone can understand it because I don't think a lot of people know what the collateral requirements are or, you know, more about uh, the corruption, you know, what Melvin capital is, what pivot 72 is like, you really have to, you, you really have to, you know, like bring it down a notch. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that's what, what all of us aim to do um, with our with our podcast because all of these like financial concepts, whether you look at like CNBC or anything, they just seem really intimidating at first, especially with the, when they're big terms and stuff like like you like you mentioned. So I feel like you know once you say, like break it down, it makes it a lot easier for people who might not even know anything about the stock market or finance in general to actually understand what's going on and what they can do better to you know improve their own financial situation. Yeah. Um Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and especially like GameStop, Robinhood, you hear these all on social media, right? And then you just hear the phrase going to the moon, going to the moon. And then people just blindly invest, you know, they're like, hey, I know that's, that's what everyone's saying. So, you know what, let me just invest into it. And I think people need to know that, you know, there's like a lot more that goes in besides like some Reddit people saying like that stuff. Obviously, they had a big influence, but everyone needs to know that you can't just go by what people say. You have to know by the fundamentals and knowledge. I think that also just a little bit of a counter, I think that starting this podcast is not also, I think, informing other people. I think it's also about kind of informing ourselves and learning more about the financial market ourselves, whether I think it's really looking at the fact rather than what everyone else is saying. So like the common knowledge of working the nine to five job or the common knowledge of um, just using the, the activism, was it? Um, so like buy asset, like what exactly is an asset? It's like to buy cars or to buy like something that won't be as meaningful than, um, like something like, like a duplex, like we were talking about or something like a vending machine. Yeah. It's, it's something that a lot of people overlook and, <clears throat> and, and I think, uh, you know, we're learning as we go to, and, and it's just something that's been really helpful for us. And hopefully for other people too, because these are really important concepts that people should yeah, know. I think it's all about just like gaining and learning, like from our perspective and then from our viewers' perspective, just like gaining and learning and then being able to apply this common and practical knowledge is going to help you out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like we can obviously tell people, Hey, watch our podcast, watch business, Holics money made easy. And we can obviously tell people read books on financial literacy, watch and do research. But I think you're, you're only going to understand how important it is once you start trying, because once you get your mind blown away by some of these concepts, that's when you're actually like get that passion to like learn more and try to avoid that rat race and the common lives that people live, which is filled with like taxes, liabilities, and maybe move to a life where you don't have to spend as much time working and spend more time doing the things that you love, which is obviously the goal of the financial independence. Yeah, so the, really the main takeaway here is that 
the passive passive income, like growing it, you know, doing everything you can to obtain it. It's really going to help you ex- escape like this system and really be free and just live. And so like you don't have to you don't have any like liabilities or things that you really need to take care of before you retire. Yeah, I think you hit the point. I think once you know passive income and gain this knowledge, then, you know, you can become financial independent and live the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel that really wraps everything up. So uh, you, you guys have anything to add? Well, um, thank you guys for having us on here. It was, it was really a pleasure. And, um, you know, we, we hope to have you guys on our show yeah, soon. Thanks for being here. It was, very, it was very fun filming. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And hopefully we can do more of these because this was fun and we can tell other people about it as well. Yep, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and that pretty much sums up episode 11, Passive Income to Financial Freedom with Pravar and Arnav Jain. We want to thank you guys for, again for coming in. You you really brought a lot to the conversation, so we're really happy about that. And uh, and if I didn't say before, everyone should go check out their podcast at Money Made Easy Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, etc. And if you if you have any questions for them, you can you can DM our account. We can get them. Uh, we can get them in touch with you, or you can just search up on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast. Uh, anyway, tomorrow we're tomorrow we're, or later this week. I mean, we're going to be releasing Personal Finance Uncovered with Rahul Rai, who is a famous actor in LA. I don't know if I said this at the end of episode ten, but maybe I did. I, I forgot. But anyway, we're going to be releasing that this week, and then next week we're going to be releasing Fan Page to Fame with Jaron Kiviat, who is the largest. New York Mets fan page Instagram in in the whole app. So, you know, that's going to be a pretty interesting conversation and a pretty interesting discussion, especially for all you sports fans out there. Though we're not going to really be talking about sports the whole time. You know, it's a business podcast. So anyway, um, we're signing off now. And uh, if you haven't checked out episodes 1 through 10 yet, please make sure to do so because we really put a lot of work into those. And hope you enjoy. So signing off and have a great day.